0: Much better, mate. nice excellent uh, funnily enough though uh, on our um, Babylon 5 on uh, the Epsilon 3 uh, we did exactly the same thing uh, Sean and I watched the wrong episodes uh, a week oh, ahead shit, of ourselves really? so uh, we uh, just last night had to record three episodes instead of our usual two in order to catch up because we were fell behind so much um, <laughs> there we go space time the ever-expanding frontier these are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission? To locate every second and contemplate every eon. From outside time, to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We are in Season 2, Episode point. Five, I think, of the podcast. Ah, I've lost track. Uh And season two, episode eight of Picard. Uh, and of course, the line is still open. I haven't hung up on him. And um, with me, as always, is
1: it's Dan. It's Dan. Second Dan. Hey. I've right, reached second Dan.
0: We, we need a jingle for this I think I'll, I'll introduce it yeah. in season three maybe yeah yeah no idea, a, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably get Paul to suggest it actually when he comes and, and visits us for one of the episodes and then that will just it'll breed that naturally from there So yeah. that's fine um, so episode eight uh, the interrogation episode uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, we get to know a little bit more about Wells who we met last week um, any thoughts on just this episode in general before we sort of get scene by scene
1: um, well, what the listeners don't know is that actually we were we, we were due to record this on Monday, I think. And the reason we didn't, or Tuesday maybe, the reason we didn't was because I watched the wrong episode. <laughs> um <laughs> I think because we'd watched parts of episode eight, I sort of assumed in my head that we'd watched the whole of it. Mm-hmm. Um and I watched it last yesterday, and I've just watched it this morning actually, and I really quite enjoy this one. I think mm. this is a pretty good episode. Mm. Um, also, what the listeners don't know is that we're about to record episode nine as well. <laughs> and my feelings on that are a bit different. So, <laughs> um, it's going to go one way and then swing the other yes, way for I the next time. I think it will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like this episode. I think it's pretty well paced. I, I like the whole sort of well stuff. I like him as a character, actually. Mm. I think we said this before that I'd like to see more of him, but... Um, yeah, I like him as a character. Mm. Um I liked Q. Yeah. Q's bit was very good. I thought he was he really sort of went for it. It was very, very sort of energetic performance. Mm. Um I'm not so keen on the the, the um Ball Queen stuff. The whole sort of eating batteries thing, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, we'll see how we go
0: yeah I, I, i'm the same i i enjoy the the interrogation bit and if that had been the frame of the episode and we just focused on that and they didn't know what was going on with rios and all the other like little adventures that are going on uh it would have felt a little bit more contained i think it could have pushed this episode even better um but because we break away and we have these other scenes i don't know that that kind of takes me out of it for this episode and yeah obviously when we get to episode nine uh, Aka uh, home alone in Le Bar, France. Um, I'm not really, I'm not. There we go. There we go. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll come to that later. Um, we come in at two minutes and twenty two seconds after the recap, and uh, Picard and Guinan, from where they were arrested last week, uh, are in custody. There's, uh, it's an interview, not an interrogation. He doesn't like that word. He comes in quite confident, and he mm. says, "You are an ET." They start laughing. And I don't know—is that—is that, is that a kind of reaction? If someone had arrested you and thought you were genuinely an, uh, an alien, is because obviously they've got to play down his fears and try and treat him as a joke. But if they laugh at him, doesn't that put his back up? You know, do you, do you think that was a that was a correct response, or they should have said what? Like being really confused would have been a, a be, better thing for them.
1: Yeah, do you know, it's interesting. I I I, I quite because what I like about it is it leads onto that nice little line about. I'm making a note that your species has humor <laughs> i really like that um and what's interesting is says, you know i can honestly say i'm not a, an alien and of course guy doesn't say anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I, I suppose you're maybe right yeah i mean you would be a bit taken aback wouldn't you yeah but yeah i don't know yeah i, I quite like it I, I think it works okay
0: because um, uh, a friend of mine who uh, started out as a police community officer and then has uh, now actually, well done, uh, actually joined the police force and and has actually you know completed his uh, his his training, has always said that when they confront someone who they they know they've got him banged to rights, but they have to sort of obviously go through the procedure, and the person who overreacts to the accusation generally is the person who did it you know right. it, it it's the person who's kind of completely confused and dazed and is it's almost uh, shrinks down because they they really don't know because they are so shocked at the accusation they're genuinely or normally the person who didn't um you know uh, there's like a, a way that the person who is accused of something reacts that's that sort of gives away the game that if they're too large too brash they're obviously compensating for something and I was wondering if that was a thing uh, but yeah,
1: uh, it's worth knowing for next time I commit a crime exactly yeah exactly it's like
0: oh no what? what's going on there? Yeah. Um they, he thinks they're going to be sabotaging the Europa, Europa mission Guinan tries to sort of suss him out and say wait a minute mm. the camera's not hooked in. Yeah. We're in a room full of filing cabinets. This is obviously off the books. And rather than sort of, you know, that's it, he, the jig's up, he turns creepy and Wells goes, yes. yeah, no one knows you're here. And then that's it, straight into the credits. Um, just any other thoughts on the fact that they're locked up and they have no idea what's going on?
1: Uh, the only thought I suppose I had was that it's it's it, it continues to have X-File vibes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it's very excellent and then you know like a, a, a basement with you know all we needed was a, a poster of i want to believe oh. you know? <laughs> and it would have been complete you know it would have been it would have been perfect so he should he should have had one of those mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which i, was I had ha- when i was a kid actually
0: yes yeah you uh, there was always those posters you got in the magazines that always came out when X-Files was at its peak and you had like the there was the CD of the music as well and you could get all these different things and things but yeah I, the I Want to Believe poster and then there was another one of Bigfoot as well that I had It yeah. was quite a blurry Bigfoot um, yeah I was kind of hoping that you remember back in um, Crystal Ball And we had that police officer who was sitting in the reception room as opposed to sitting at his desk who had all the information they needed. I was kind of hoping that he was going to come in as kind of like the the scully to his molder. And he was the one sort of playing him down and like trying to be the good cop to the bad cop. Uh, But yeah, yeah, definite X-Files vibes. And I kind of (laughs) wish... we have got more of that that yes. it had been building over the season that they'd been picking up this bit of info here and there this ice report and so on and so on um but i mean ending on a creepy note they're on the back foot how are they going to get out of this one um after the credits we come to la and then we get the raffian 7 story mm. they're uh in la serena uh, they're trying to plan down how they're going to take down Gerati borg or for the sake of shorthand jorg i'm going to call him the jorg um but uh raffi says "Like, no, all right it's time to borg up lady what would you do put yourself in her mindset um seven instead of going full borg actually goes sort of human in a response mm. now she goes up to the barman mm. said look my sister's really sick we're trying to get into an institution where is she uh and of course you know he's a bit sus and you're a cop what's going on here but he then says she left with this guy and this random bloke um Poor bloke, because uh, they're going to find him dead uh, in a couple of scenes' time. Um, but you know, nothing untoward there. Any thoughts on this scene? There's not really much going on. They're just sort of playing no. through how they yeah. were going to track her down.
1: I've, I've, the only thing, and and it's it's something that I suppose, in a way, all storytelling all is is sort of guilty of. And this, I think, especially new Trek, the word. <laughs> um, they sort of find it very quickly yeah it's very sort of you know they they go oh well she's walked she went she went that way (laughs) and luckily you know that's all she did she didn't sort of go that way and turn left she just went that way and they just went that way and found it you know um but you know that's just that's storytelling isn't it that's the you know you get from one point to another you know (laughs) but it was very sort of it's very convenient they found him so quickly
0: i mean it proves that in america they just don't walk they don't walk anywhere they have to have a car to get anywhere because if this were the uk and someone committed a crime in east london by the time that the police have shown up the next morning like not even just in uh, an hour's time response time they could be on the other side of london by now without just a walk they don't even need to get public transport they could be gone um you know Admittedly, she needs a car dealership. She needs to start looking some batteries. So maybe just look around the local area, just in case. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that she went round the corner and stayed there for an entire night—fair yeah, enough. Uh, even even Borgs, Americans and Borgs just don't like to walk. Um, uh, back in the basement, uh, the Picard says that um, uh, you know you believe that we want to see the the European mission succeed. So actually, he's already given in to wells Mm. and said actually we are here about the european mission he's already given away that they were there um you know he at this point he doesn't know that wells has the cctv footage of them at the gala um i suppose it's a a fair bet that maybe he already has that but he's trying to convince him that we're on your side do you think he went in a bit too early with that did he show did it was that a bit of bad poker that maybe he should have even tried to deceive at that point
1: no i don't think so actually i think um i think he's being he's doing the right thing in a way because i think you know what has he got he's got to get out of that situation because i think he says either then or a bit later he says you know if we don't do anything then they're going to stop it anyway and then we're going to lose yeah so he's got to find a way out of this and i think for picard you know the way he find he sort of deals with people is by getting them on side that's how he does things he's very you know he's like that mm. he's not you know if it was kirk he would have double fisted him <laughs> you know and kung fu kicked him and you know <laughs> that sort of thing but um but picard is very much a sort of a collaborative person a very sort of you know he, he gets him on side i think so for picard i think it's spot on
0: he's telling the truth so i suppose that is the thing you know then uh, it it then transpires that he does have the cctv footage for the gala so if he had sort of made a lie then he has to double back on himself then that shows that he's untrustworthy yeah, yeah i suppose it does make sense um although he is lying at this point because uh wells mm-hmm. notices the iv drip scar on his arm and uh, picard just says i was dehydrated and sort of shuts down doesn't say anything else so mm-hmm. before he was giving this long speech about we're here to save the europe euro permission and then when it comes to a lie one word answers. Um, he leaves his big mug of coffee on the desk and then walks out and I genuinely even the first time I watched this weeks and weeks and months ago, I genuinely thought that was gonna be a listening bug. I thought it was oh, he'd okay. left it there on purpose and oh. that that he'd actually figured it out. Um, and I, I I don't know. I was already writing a, another script in my head when I saw that happen. I thought because last week, we found out that Guinan and the Elorians like to talk over food and wine and this sort of thing, that because the listening bug was in a coffee that she was going to say, oh how ironic, I was caught out by food and wine and that that's my species whole deal, you know that sort of thing, I genuinely thought that's what was going to happen, uh, because they are then having a conversation about you know yes. uh, we, we need to get out of this we need to yep. we need to get there we, don't, we have no idea what's going on uh the mission's going to get scrubbed anyway if he even suspects that there's something going on uh we would have you know messed up the launch without having to lay a finger on any of uh sung or, or any of the people who are working against them um do you think that was a, a sort of bad move like maybe just check the coffee pot before uh
1: you know, I, yeah, you're right. Really, I mean, I hadn't thought. I, I, to be honest, I didn't even notice the coffee pot stayed there. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, my my um, level of, of of observation is is pretty low. Um But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, they did sort of jump into a quite a sort of revealing conversation pretty easily, and I think you're right. I mean, I would expect there to be some kind of recording going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Storytelling. Again. <laughs> maybe it just shows how trustworthy Wells is.
0: Um, yes. You know, the, the, he didn't even think to, to maybe record them whilst he was out of the room. Um, back at the Sung Mansion, we get uh, Corey. So now we get sort of a more of Corey's story because Corey's yes. story. I like it. Um, it, she's already seen the footage. She's already seen that there's loads of different other daughters. Um. Uh, she's still watching all of these files as well so presumably she's gone through the whole thing over the course of the night um she uses some weird oculus rift but it's actually Mm. called prospectus um uh, to snoop around and she's still talking aloud like this is before she sees the Q program that's about to pop up but she's still talking to herself even though she's not talking to like a device or an alexa or or, you know anything any kind of ai um but that's when Q pops up. He's a friend, a fire starter, a simulacra, yes. a living program. Now, has Q cheated death? Because we have already know he's sick. We already know that he's potentially dying from the end of this episode by the other conversations that are going to come up shortly. But he has created a fully realized version of himself mm-hmm. digitally in a program back in the 21st century. Now, if that gets copied, if it gets downloaded if it gets moved from system to system throughout world war 3 all the way into starfleet is there a downloadable version of q somewhere that has survived his death
1: wow um maybe <laughs> i <didn't, laughs> again i hadn't thought of that um yeah that's very interesting i mean it depends how you know how autonomous mm. the program is and how sort of you know whether it's just designed to just to talk to to whoever pops up into that oculus mm-hmm. but yeah maybe maybe this would be a maybe this would be a a, a plot point that mm-hmm. we hadn't even thought about this is this is high level thinking mate
0: if if the if the writers you know sort of want to bring john delancey back it's mm-hmm. like oh we had such fun bringing him back but how can we bring back a character who has now died expressly yes. died you know spoilers for the last episode but you know he could exist as a buried program in a sung type android perhaps Mm. and that would explain perhaps why sung's androids worked and perhaps other people's androids become psychotic killers and things like that it's because it had the q program sort of cementing a bit of on unusual humanity perhaps um i was just i'm just trying to spitball ideas of how they could bring q back without bringing q back so it'd be q without the finger snap he doesn't have his magic powers as it were yeah but he is q he has the knowledge of q he has perhaps the autonomy to move from system Mm. to system q2 q q squared q q q q q Q, Q, Q boot a re q boot i don't know i don't know how it would work but yeah it just it it made me think that that program needs to know what it's doing to tell corey Mm. Yes, but it needs to be independent of the Q, who's presumably out in yeah. LA running around with his machinations. So there's two Qs right now.
1: Wow, who knows? That'd be interesting. Yeah, and what would be the reaction to that? Can you imagine? Ex- exactly, yeah. But we'll have enough problems with with Sun coming back into <laughs> John Delancey as the Q boot. Yeah, yeah. Who do Qs dos? Um,
0: U.S. DOS. Oh, brilliant. There we go. He is Q S DOS. That's brilliant. <laughs> He's Q Anon. There we go. Um, yes, he is. Q- <laughs>
1: that's it. Wow. Yes.
0: But Q, not anonymous, but Anon as if he continues to go on. Mm, Q Anon. anon, anon, anon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Q shows her, her genome. Um, she sort of reacts as though she's never heard this information, but she just spent all night watching all of the information. She's clearly been orphan black. She's been cloned over and over and over again, but he has to sort of hammer that point home. And I was wondering if if this is one of those times when the writers just have to make sure that everybody in the audience is on Mm. page and they've repeated the same bit of information. I don't feel like she's a smart cookie. She doesn't need that explained to her again. I I figured she she's already worked this one out that she is a clone, you know, yes, she didn't think that maybe these were sisters who had died from diseases and he just, he you know, had lots of children that he killed. Um, you know, I, it felt like he was treating her as though she got the wrong end of the stick and he was just mm. filling in some information that she should already know. Yes. Um, it's just odd. I don't know if you had any thoughts.
1: No, I sort of agree with you. You're right. It's Again, it is, it's, what I can't remember what they call it now, but, you know, it's where they do that bit where, you know, you go oh, we're going to use the warp drive and and the the, the new bloke goes, what's the walk drive?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you
1: explain it. I can't remember what that's called. It's called something. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm blanking um, as well. But yeah, it's just that, isn't it? It's just, you know, telling us stuff that we need to know that she would already know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we're back in LA and uh, Seven knew what to say to the guy she's sort of happy with herself in that she can relate to people because she doesn't have a Borg implants even though she can think like a Borg she can relate to people and she seems to be happy about this and this is something that sort of sprinkles its way through the season but it doesn't really get focused on Mm -hmm. and I was wondering if like, where this ends up and where it goes having now seen the season do you feel like this was enough that they, they should have maybe gone into this a little bit more? Because I think I can only count three or four scenes off the top of my head where we see it, but it doesn't really get brought up. You know, um, you're not as fun as Kevin, you know, when they're at the top of the tower and then she's on the bus and she intimidates the, the, the yes. punk guy. She has a, a sort of human way of talking now because she's lost her Borg implants, but they don't really, delve into it until this episode and we're already on episode eight Mm. it's taken them this long to really delve into the idea that maybe she feels different in herself
1: yeah i suppose that yeah that's interesting again something i hadn't really thought about Um, you're you're really uh hitting the notes today
0: aren't you yes a lot of notes a lot of notes
1: (laughs) um i guess again you know in a way why why talk about it you know it's just you know it, it, you don't have to explain every thing about you know it's almost the opposite of what we we're talking about a second ago where you know we haven't got someone going well oh, how come you can talk to people yeah you know we don't you don't need that it's just it but it's naturally part of the her new character her you know as you say she's lost her borgin plants hmm she feels more connected maybe than than she has for a long time i mean i think is it this episode or next episode she talks about jane way going to bat for her yeah she's she's faced a lot of um prejudice and suddenly she's in a place where she's you know she's not different she's the same Mm. everyone else and maybe she just you know that that leads to a more relaxed more sort of naturalistic way of being But does it need to be explained? Does it just, can it just be a part of the, you know, part of her that true. doesn't need to be sort of wrecked, not wrecked on, that's the wrong word, but, you know, explained. Explored
0: and things. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because it again, I didn't know it at the time when I first watched, but having finished the season, should there have been more of a, a conversation between Seven and the Borg who's inside Girati you know, the Borg queen sort of comes out of her and talks to her. And she talks about how well I didn't have my implants, and I was able to establish connections. It's still possible without, mm. you know, forcing that on someone. And then that plays into Girati's gambit in seasons to come, or in episode to come. That you know you can be a different kind of Borg. You mm. could be, you can establish connection without conquering. You can actually establish it with a a, a hand of a friendship, you know, a gesture, as opposed to. Forcing the issue or forcing technology into someone's body when they don't want it, Um, and I just kind of felt like maybe they should have had that play into where Girati goes next episode. Um, And of course, we're jumping ahead, but you know, if I don't know, it just felt like it wasn't as explored as it could have been for me, at least.
1: Yeah, and I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Maybe that could have been done actually, but I think. I don't think it was needed because I think Jurati's I mean literally obviously her body but Jurati's sort of connection to the Boar Queen is what's driven that oh, that sort of that interaction that storyline for for the Boar Queen you know she's been in, intrinsically linked to Jurati and mm. Jurati's been able to influence her mm. you know in a way that no one else could do because you know sharing a, a body mm. so I, I think Yes, you, could have, you, hmm. you could have done it, but I don't think you needed to do it.
0: No, hmm. That's a good point. Um, they find her licking the car batteries. Um, that yeah. she needs a stabilizing element, she needs lithium. Um, I don't know whether I'm gonna put in the, the Nirvana song in here, but. <laughs> but um she just kicks ass i mean she's got boots on she jumps yeah. from car to car um leaps straight in punches raffi in the throat uh throws seven across the thing picks yep. up raffi and sticks her up to the wall yep. but Gerati fights back and it's that yep. that classic trope of there's someone inside a body that shouldn't be there and the person inside is fighting back so we've got that hope that Gerati can yep. hold back the borg and she runs off um that's it, pretty much. It was a good fight scene. I thought it was yeah. quite quite fun just to see um, you know someone in a red dress just completely kicking <laughs> ass. Um, uh, just any other thoughts on on the fight scene? Did, did you believe the choreography was a bit too wiry? Did they throw it, him a bit too
1: far? It was a bit, yeah. Um, for f- first thing, I'm amazed that Seven ever stood up again. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> a proper quite, throw. To, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know. I think I would have been sitting down for a while I would have just said I think I might need to take a break here Um, yeah I don't know that sort of thing running across the bonnets I don't know if I liked it or not I'm not sure Hmm. sort of a bit I don't know I don't know but yeah you know (laughs) it it, it was it was quite action packed there's no doubt about it but you know but yeah, I'm surprised that Seven was walking after that. I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just like the fact for the next two episodes, she's just sit- still sitting there going,
1: <gasps> Yeah. <gasps> <laughs>
0: this says paramedics have come in and they're sort
1: of helping yeah. her out. Just,
0: just winded. I'm really sorry. She
1: just be oh. absolutely off her nuts on painkillers, <laughs> wouldn't she? <laughs> just telling everyone she loves it. Like, yeah. What Ooh. do you think, Seven? Oh, I don't know. Uh, who went? <laughs> There was one time
0: there was this doctor that I knew, he was made of a hologram and uh, he fed me some cake And so she's, <laughs> she's, Sorry, she's off her tits, I'm really sorry <laughs> um. Um, uh, Back in the basement, uh, Wells has made a connection, uh, he starts to throw reports at them There was some crazy guy from uh, the ICE got picked up and yes. then they read out the statement and he gets hold of the com badge as well, it's like, uh, how long is it going to take my boys to pick this apart and this sort of thing Um. Uh, any thoughts? I mean, we mentioned this weeks and weeks ago when he made that statement, uh, how much we enjoyed yes. uh, the fact that he was just literally telling him the truth and the guy just didn't believe him. Uh, any thoughts on reading back what Rios has done?
1: I really like that, actually. I like that scene. I think, um, as you say, it was it was cool for him to do it in the first place and then for it to come back in was, was really nice, actually. Um, I, I think, didn't he slightly change what he said? There is a couple of words. Sure. It
0: doesn't feel like it's exactly yeah. word for word. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure it is. But then that would have been written after the fact, and was mm. the, uh, was the Ferengi uh, ice nice. officer? Was he changing the facts to make it sound even crazier than what it was? Like I was taken out by this crazy guy, so he, he fudged yeah. a few details and put yes, in a little bit extra. Maybe, yeah. maybe tried to save face. Hmm. I don't know.
1: But yeah, no, it was quite cool. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, yeah. I liked it.
0: And of course, it just. He labors in that they're really in trouble, that there's all these things added up. He's put the dots together. Yes. Uh, Back on La Serena, and uh, Ricardo is bored. So they uh, replicate four cakes. There are four cakes. And um, uh, there's some more walk factor flirting, is all I've written here, because that's (laughs) all they do. She talks about this story. You know, uh, we've been married for 10 years, we get lost in the rain, we end up at a motel. um, But you tell me this one thing. And it's going to be the moment I fall for you. There's a huge set. I mean, they are doing this for a good five minutes as I was going through the the thing. Just for these characters, just to flirt, just to really hammer home the fact he's in love with her. He's not yeah. going back to his home time, to, yeah. time period, which I think at this point the audience knew. Like I seem to remember lots of people predicting he's not yeah. going back to the future now yeah, after a speech yeah. like that that was super hot you know. the, the two of them were properly in uh, but of course Ricardo has eaten four cakes and really wants to have a throw up as I would I think as well what would you replicate you got four meals I was going to ask you exactly the same thing <laughs> <laughs> what
1: would I replicate oh, that's tough isn't
0: it you've got four replicators, four meals so what do you want Ooh. to go for
1: I could steak and chips I think Ooh, good. I don't have steak very often. My partner is vegetarian, ah. so we don't eat meat at home at all. But I do occasionally when if we're out, I eat meat. But we don't we don't go out very often to, to eat really. So yeah, I think I'll probably have a steak and chips. Nice. With, with some onion rings maybe. But if it's
0: replicated steak, you know, yeah, well, it's, it's, it. it's it's is it vegetarian?
1: It's the matrix, isn't it?
0: Exactly. It's just, it's formulated from protein.
1: I know this isn't real steak, but still. Exactly.
0: It's still good. still good.
1: Um, Yeah. Any others? What else would I have?
0: Or four steaks. It could just be four steaks (laughs) and just really go for it. I'd have a carbonara. Same. I would go for a carbonara as well. It's one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely
1: love it. Me and Carol, we often talk about having a restaurant one day. Oh, nice. And if I had a restaurant in, in the in the um, in the, the kitchen, I would have a poster with the recipe for carbonara on it. Nice, because it's so simple and yet it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know that's that's a mark of great food. It doesn't need to be complicated. It Doesn't need to be anything. You know, that's why I love Italian food. My my nan was Italian, ah. um, and I grew up. So I grew up. In the sort of seventies, eating Italian food, which obviously at that time was was you know, spaghetti was a sort of a bit of a rarity, you know. <laughs> um, so I have a sort of affection for Italian food anyway. Nice, but you know, the simplicity of it is is what I love. And um, a pudding, I suppose I'd have a pudding. I'd have a great Bonoffi pie. Oh, I yes. do love a Bonoffi pie bananas I, I really like bananas I like banana ice cream as well in fact I had some banana ice cream the other day but that's sort of off topic but yes it was it was very nice it was from a company called Taywell which is a local local sort yes. of Kent based yeah ice, well I don't know if they just do ice cream but anyway and it was really nice <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll have that a big big bowl of that as well just you know
0: I'm on it for that um, that sounds brilliant yeah. you still got you got one more if you want it
1: cheese on toast.
0: Ooh. Just, I, I, you know, are you are you a wish sauce on top man? With no, that just simple, simple cheese. I like, I
1: like it I, I like white bread. But you know like um, sort of white um, not bloomer, but what they call them um, I can't oh. think sort of white. The ones with the sort of ridges in them. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Round, almost round with ridges. I can't think what it's called. But and so nice thick cut. Oh, nice thick cheese just my mouth is and... watering right now yeah. i have to say ah oh, that great does stuff. sound good that does sound in good. fact i've got some i haven't got i've got some sliced bread and some so i might have cheese on toast this afternoon because of that <laughs> for my lunch
0: yeah i think yeah, i'll put the diet away I'm, uh, <laughs> normally i'm i'm on this just horrible sort of basic chicken and spinach thing that i have every day just to keep right. my diet. consent i think i'm gonna go cheese on toast uh, so what about you yeah, uh, you see, now you've said cheese on toast. I can't think of anything else. Um, but no, carbonara is definitely one of them because I've never had a really bad carbonara. Mm. Whether it's been in, in Italy, whether it's even here in pub food land, you know, yep. um, I've always enjoyed it. I've, I don't feel like I could um, ruin an evening by ordering the mm. carbonara. Yep. I, I, there's there's times I've had bad steak. There's times I've yep. had loads yep. of stuff that hasn't quite hit the mark. But that that's really nice. There is, um, there is a uh, um, a dish that they used to do uh, with this harvester. Again, anyone who's not from the UK has no idea what harvester is. It's kind of like a pub, but it's more a restaurant in that you order a plate of food, but then you're also given this bowl to go and get limitless salad and all this kind of salad cart sort of thing. It's kind of like, um, oh God, what is it? Olive Garden over in america it's sort of the similar thing you order a main but you've got other sides as well and then infinite breadsticks over there in the Olive garden um but there is this this roast chicken thing that uh, the harvester do which is really nice and it's it's grilled with the perfect lines on top and it's just it's all in this lovely sort of tangy sauce and lovely i would probably have something like that oh my god my mouth is so watering! i can't I don't know if you can hear it on the recording, guys, but I'm really trying to wipe away the, the, the saliva because it's really making me hungry. Um, and then Chinese food. I absolutely adore. Yeah. Uh, a nice bit of um, uh, chicken chow mein, bit of fake fried rice, and maybe some sweet and sour sauce written into it. Uh, and then you've got, um, you've got pr- some prawn crackers as well, but then uh, prawn or pork balls, the, the fried balls in like the batter and so on. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I'm so hungry now. Um, Welcome anyway. to the Temple Food oh. Podcast. <laughs> oh, no. We've got to start a Temple Food Podcast now. Oh, you <laughs> you said it now. Um, well, that's another... Go through per- the
1: whole of Star Trek, looking at the dishes that they've they got from the replicator, <laughs> and then vote on what's the best.
0: <laughs> well, that's a Nexus Nights episode right there. That we've is. Through, yes, absolutely. There we go. Food. Yeah. Every yeah. food imaginable. Um, yeah... Uh, but yes, they they are flirting, and they, he is definitely going to stay there. There is no way after that kiss, after that moment, after all the flirting, that he would turn his back on her. And yeah. I don't believe any of the drama afterwards that says that he would actually go back to the future. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's it's mm. inevitable as as far as that scene was concerned. I couldn't see him not return mm. to the future. Um, back of the basement, Wells. Um, he can't break Picard. He threatens an autopsy, and nothing's <laughs> sort of getting through. Um, but Q goes to Gyno. They've separated mm-hmm. them, and they were going to do some invasive procedures. But um, Q turns up. He's got this FBI jacket. Um, you, I just love it because it's exactly the same delivery that he has back in um, the uh, the first time yes. that they meet, and everything like that. It's like you. Who are you? Oh, our paths haven't crossed yet. So I always thought when they were going to bring in Q when they were going to bring in uh, Guinan that they were going to explain this is the first time that they met but actually that has, still hasn't happened yet mm-hmm. there is still a time when Q is out there and they haven't met so uh, yeah it just I was wondering why they didn't do that why they didn't go mm-hmm. for that and sort of go for um, the, the point that they actually met but Guinan, uh feels that she's dying she's yeah. she can empathise with him she knows what's going on which makes me now think that if this guy, and then becomes the guy. And we know she is about to meet Q in the future. You know, in a, in a couple of hundred years, she already knows he's going to die in the future beyond this point, and yes. comes back in time. So, does that inform her dealings with the Q at some point? Temporal timey wimeyness. <laughs> um, is did she purposely wind him up in a few centuries' time, knowing <laughs> that eventually she will see him at the end of
1: his life, but back in her past? <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Why not? I have no idea, mate. Because,
0: <laughs> now I want that book. I want a book with from Guyner's perspective. Me in queue and thinking, oh, I know who this guy. He was in the FBI jacket. Wait a minute, he was dying, but he did say I was going to meet him, right? But he didn't yeah. like me, so I need to come at him in a way that I'm going to wind him up. And he's just going to hate me for the next five hundred years. But when he does come back in time, he'll be fine. Yeah, everything will be all right. Um, so uh, he he talks about he's on the threshold of the unknowable, uh, and that stars Mm -hmm. burn brighter in death. But Q just seems to be disappearing. That he's not even being granted the the sort of victory dance or the Mm -hmm. final swan Mm -hmm. song. He just seems to be wasting away. Um, He's trying to bring life. Uh, or bring meaning to his life and try and uh, sort of put things right. And that he says that humans are always trapped in the past. So he's already giving away that his gambit is to somehow help these humans, not necessarily Picard, but he's trying to give meaning to what's going on. Do you think that there's enough here to justify, again, the fact we've already seen this season, what the actual outcome is, the reason why Q got involved, is there enough here to sort of say, oh yeah, I can see where his thinking was coming from? Or is it still a bit too vague?
1: It's still just it's this weird cut off or, or change that I still can't work out. You know. I suppose yeah, I mean, I suppose you're right. He's he's saying he's you know he's he's saying he's looking for some kind of meaning, and obviously there's always been a connection between him and Picard. That's been set. I mean, that you know obviously that wasn't done on purpose, but was set up in in TNG. There's no doubt that you know there's something between him and Picard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it makes sense that maybe at the end of his life. He comes back to Picard. Yeah, it's just working out why he acts the way he acts initially, mm-hmm. and then morphs into this this caring, more caring sort of you know. Because still at this point, he's still trying to stop the Europa mission. Yeah, you know. So wh- why? I mean, unless you know, unless it's about him. What's the word I'm looking for? He's he's sort of betting on Picard to 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 win, mm-hmm. and that will bring it closure to Picard in some yeah. way.
0: Yeah,
1: I suppose that. Yeah, and then I suppose he has to act like he's the bad guy in order to force Picard into his actions.
0: Yeah, because he even says, "I didn't bring them back in time." He was not responsible for the time travel. They did that for themselves. Yeah. So the fact that he, he seemed to be willing to get Picard to confront this buried memory, this aspect of his childhood that he is uh, repressing in some way, he seemed to be willing to do that over in the 24th century or 25th century. Um, the whole time travel alternate confederation thing happened because Picard wanted to go back in time, but mm. he would have only wanted to go back in time had Q not taken him to see the Confederation alternate history. So he pushed him in that direction, yeah, he pushed him absolutely. into the time travel.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it just seems odd that he was—he's telling Guy then that he was willing to do all of this soul searching with Picard, mm. but now he's been forced into trying to get Picard to. Uh, into a dangerous situation, so that it will jog his memory or jog his mm. his repression of those memories. Yeah. Um, but it just seems a very convoluted way of doing it. It, it does. Why Absolutely. go to that this extreme? Why do this? Yeah. There seems to be so many other things he could have done. Mm. Um, admittedly, he's losing his powers, so he doesn't mm. actually have. He can't just snap it with his fingers. Mm. Um, he's taking the long road to do what he needs to do it just seems very complicated. Why involve soon? Why go to these lengths? He he could have created a dangerous situation, um, or they could have just stayed at Chateau Picard and gone back in time, seen this area, and he could have been with him and dealt with with Mm. it with him um, and helped him through that way. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. No, this, this level of complexity was needed. um, Other than the fact that they're writing a TV show. Uh, Sung Mansion. Uh, Adam has woken up from his hangover after uh, Corey has already seen all of the information with this Q programme. Um, but she know lets him know that uh, he can come clean and do you love me? Do you love my work? Is it reality? Is it fantasy? Um I'm just a small boy in a small no, no, sorry, that's um uh I I willed it, he says. Um and I, you know, she's worried. You willed me into being, but are you worried about losing me or your legacy. That's what it really comes down to. And he just doesn't answer. He doesn't even mm. lie to her. He doesn't even say, "Of course, it's you." You know all this kind of stuff. He can't even bring himself to say because he actually knows he really just cares about the work. He doesn't really care about Corey the person. He calls Corey the project. Um, but she uses the cure and she runs off. He does seem genuinely worried yes. about her her state yep. of being. But again, is that because he's worried about losing his last project, the last one that he ever built? Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think you might be right. I think there's a bit where he says, when she leaves the, the building, where he says something like, you're nothing without me, or...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, yeah, suggests there's a, a real hardness and, and sort of nastiness there. Mm-hmm. Which suggests that he does think of her as a, as a project, as a, a what's the word, a product maybe almost. Um, but I, I do think you're right. There's also a moment where you know he's worried about her stepping onto the grass and stuff, yeah, and going out. So he's worried about her.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I don't really like this whole the whole Corey storyline. To be honest with you. Yeah, I found it a bit. I mean, again, it gives him motivation to to act the way he does, yes. But I don't know
0: if he was as manipulative as she's making out, and the fact that he is so driven by his legacy and work, yeah. If you're sitting down and writing a TV show, which is already complicated enough, you know, there's so many complex things that Q is trying to do to get Picard to do what he needs to do in the end, they're I mean, would there have been a better, more convincing way of controlling Sung through his legacy, saying that you're going to be forgotten in history, mm. would be motivation enough? Yes. Did we really need this Corey angle to it? Mm. Um, it? It just feels like they wrote something just so they could keep the actress in, yes. and, and good because she, I do enjoy her performance, I do enjoy what she goes through, but I didn't need it in this season. Mm. It didn't feel like it had to be there. Um, there it doesn't It seems superfluous to what's going on and eventually again thinking forward thinking to the last episode where she ends up where did that come from yes like it doesn't really get me on side because i don't really know why we
1: were supposed to care
0: in the first place
1: yeah i sort of agree with you uh, again i think the problem is to a degree that she's not in it enough
0: Mm. she needed more scenes
1: yeah she yeah. did, and, and then maybe that you, you build up some kind of connection or whatever it is. But she's just sort of plonked in there at points when she's needed, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, you're right. I mean, because when, when the Boar Queen or Jorg Jorg, <laughs> Jorg. Yeah, yeah, comes in and talks to him about, you know, in one timeline, you, you die in a pool of 90% vomit, <laughs> and another, you're the hero. You say that that's probably enough to for for someone like him,
0: with his that ego, that would be
1: enough, like anyone in a way. I mean, who? Yeah. Know, if you were offered that choice, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's enough to to make him. I mean, whether it's enough for him to act the way he does, and whether he needs that extra jeopardy of losing Corey to make him, you know, run over Picard. Yeah. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe you need more than just personal sort of grandualisation.
0: Grandualisation? Yeah. Yeah, because if she's telling him, you could either be Nikola Tesla or Edison. Who are you going to pick? You know, the person who died alone with his pigeons or the person who is still considered, you know, the father of what we have around us right now. Um, although, obviously, Tessa is getting his due desserts now and actually getting the recognition he deserves. Um, yeah, uh, for someone with his ego and the way that we saw him coming to that um, conference, you know, the the, the yeah. panel just weeks yes. ago, where he was yes. liking himself to a god, being told that you're not yeah. going to be a god would be more than enough. Mm. Um, back in LA, and and 7, uh, they are recovering. Believe it or not, they are recovering. <laughs> um mercy is not a Borg quality so they know that Girati is still yeah. in there um but they are going to tra- track her using the phones because she's using phones and all the stuff to go with it um but she's going to be making some imperfect drones uh that she's only using batteries so uh you know she's got a car rental company of uh it's not enterprise cars it's borg cars <laughs> um Uh, And at that point, we stop at 31 minutes, 59 seconds, as we're going to get some more flashbacks. And we're going to see season one. uh, So... For you, again, if you're listening to this in the proper order, you have already heard our episode where we go back and see a young Wells running through the woods and meeting some unusual Vulcans by a pond. Uh, But if you haven't already seen that and you are listening to this and then going back to listen to that, I don't know why you do it in that order, but you did, um, uh, you can then come back at 33 minutes and 58 seconds. And um, we've got another one where there's another flashback and we find out that actually raffi has manipulated elnor so this is a conversation now for our future oh god uh, that for our future where uh between season one picard and season two picard there is a conversation between raffi and elnor yes. on la serena and they talk about did i bully you into coming into starfleet no i really want to be it's still his choice now he's got perfect candor and all this kind of stuff and then we come out again uh so yes we have come back into time again as well oh god um they find her location they've tracked her on the mobile phones and they come back in um mansion uh i yes. assume a lecture on futility of resistance is yes. not necessary <laughs> Uh, I love it when they they have they've got the catchphrase, but they have to figure out a way of getting around that catchphrase by writing it in a very long winded way. Um, the way she said it, who was that for? Like, that was
1: for the fans. Yeah,
0: it was for the fans, wasn't it? Yeah, he he has no idea what "resistance is futile" means. No. He's he's not that sung. He's not the sung from the twenty fifth century. He's a no. sung from yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Back in the basement, and Guinan projects herself to Picard mm. again. A brand new skill yes. we have never seen before, and probably will never see you again. Um, <laughs> but she has a bleeding nose, just like Eleven from Stranger Things. Every time yep. she uses her powers, this seems to be a standard again. This is a new trope for the superhero era that we live in. If you use your powers, but it's somehow mental and projectony and predictions and all this sort of stuff, you have to bleed out of one nost- nostril, not both, just <laughs> one. Um just because it looks cooler that way um picard reacts to her but wells doesn't he looks Mm. over to the so what the hell's going on so she's Mm. beaming into his subconscious but not necessarily wells but tells him humans live in the past there's something else going on um he's a haunted man so picard Mm. now has the advantage you know if they're playing poker he's just realized he's got the ace up his sleeve he can now say i recognize a haunted man um what am i to you and Wells says, you're the thing in the night. And then we're going to get more flashbacks. Uh, we stop at 36 minutes, 52 seconds. Now we're completing our season one episode again. So we've got more flashbacks there. And then we come back at 38 minutes, 43 seconds. Any thoughts on the projection and Picard's finally getting the upper hand?
1: Yeah, I mean, the projection is again, you know, <laughs> comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I can forgive that though. I don't mind that, you know. I think, um, Canon is there to be respected, but to be manipulated as well and Absolutely. to be changed, not changed necessarily, but expanded upon. Yeah. So I can live with that. You know, there's, there's no, never been a time. I don't think where they have said, that, you know, that she can't do that. Yeah. It's not like, you know, that that breaks a rule that was no. set in TNG or anything. So exactly, I can live with that quite happily. Um and again it's a storytelling device um, i think I think she says a bit later on that humans are the only ones that have this are stuck in the past, and that I find strange i mean i don't mm-hmm. know yeah, I suppose we can't imagine not being the way we are, yeah, so to us it's you know but The only species
0: that lives in its its own past i mean what about the bajorans i mean well think think of another species that kind of look like us other than tiny little nose ridge they live in the past they Mm. adapt to what has gone on with them you know think of kira's arc from season one to season Mm. seven it's all about her dealing with her past and the way she was and what she went through during the occupation it it's one of those human centric lines that mm. doesn't make sense when you think that there's a hundred thousand species in the Milky Way yeah. galaxy. We're the only one that holds onto the past and, and adapts to it and, and, and takes it in on ourselves. Uh, but doesn't seem to want to forget it. it it's a very unusual line.
1: Yeah, uh, it is.
0: But if someone were to notice something like that, you'd expect it to be someone like Kynan, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, uh, Back at thirty-eight minutes forty-three seconds, Wells talks about how um, he um, uh, he wouldn't walk the earth looking like normal mm. people. You must have changed yourself. You must have, you know, adapted yourself to look like us and all this sort of thing. Uh, but Picard is slowly wind- winding him down. It's like we are people. It's absolutely fine. We haven't changed our appearance. We are just humans, just like you. Uh, up to 39 minutes 28 seconds 39 minutes 43 seconds we come back in and picard is telling him that you saw a vulcan so mm. suddenly the conversation has just shifted so if we are watching in temporal trek way he then leans in and says, did he do this um and uh, yeah so the conversation is disjointed so if you are watching in a temporal trek way suddenly he's talking about oh you know we wouldn't change ourselves you saw a vulcan and uh, that was it. You know, the very different conversation. One of those things that I was kind of hoping when we go through Temple Trek to see to the outside observer in that moment who can't flash into Wells's head, mm. the conversation makes no sense whatsoever. No sense, yeah. um, uh, he was trying to mind meld, he was trying to erase your memory, but it failed. And again, brings up this idea that we discussed way, way, way back in season one. Um, why did they bean him out so quickly? What was yes. the. Why was, what was the rush? There was no one else around. Why did they beam him out before he was allowed to finish the memory procedure? Um, just baffles me. Um, but Picard then lays it all out. We are from the 25th century. We're here to help you. We need your help. So he's making Wells the hero of the story, if effectively of his own story. He can do that for other people, but as we know, he's already dealing with trauma himself. Mm. I was wondering why they didn't go that little extra route in this scene and say, I need your help. You can be the hero. You can get past this trauma. Why there wasn't just that little added line of, like, people need to get past traumas, and then he starts turning in on himself. Like, Mm. this is the moment of realisation for Picard. Not two episodes time, right now. I kind of felt like there should have been a way that Wells was the one to make him realise what this has actually been about. I just wondered if you had the same sort of theory mm, or not.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I suppose that would make sense. I mean, there's another way of linking or not linking, um what's the word I'm looking for? Um connecting to wells. Mm. You know, I have my own trauma. Um,
0: you know, a friend told me I need yeah. to deal with it. I'm here to tell yeah. you to deal with it. Maybe we could both deal through you know, work mm. through our trauma together.
1: Again, maybe you know that might have been a scene they recorded. Who knows? Mm, maybe, you know. But again, I, I suppose yes, you're right. But do you need it? True. Do you do you need that? And and the answer I think is probably it would be nice, but you know, mm. yeah. I guess it's story again. It's storytelling decisions, isn't it? It's you know all these things we could. We could sort of argue for but i don't think i didn't feel that a loss at the time of watching it gotcha
0: i suppose if they've, they've got 10 episodes to fill and if you've already dealt with it by episode eight what are you going to do for the next two episodes i suppose that does make sense as well um back on la serena and um, rios uh, can get the transporter working now and they go uh, back to the basement and Guinan is back with Picard so they're in the same room there's no projections going on uh, she's also then talking about broken pasts and you take that in on herself so she's sort of reinforcing that as well um you do the work you take it upon yourselves the card fixates on the escape part of the message from Q so you know it's not about you know uh, dealing with q dying and things like that you need to escape from this scenario so he feels like there's still a wider consequence going on it's not really about him so he's almost building up those barriers again he's sort of saying yep. yeah i don't need to deal with this trauma there is a wider mission we need to escape from this first then i'll deal with my problems later um not knowing that that's actually the opposite of what q wants that he's fixating on the wrong bit of the message uh, i did say uh, when is the launch now, she's been stuck in the same room with him the whole time. And she does say, you know, I've got a uh, connection to the, the temporal causality. I'm not a clock. Yes. <laughs> I did like that. I thought that's that was a quite good
1: fun. line. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: I did like that. Um, but Wells comes back and he's packed up all of his gear. He's out of his office and um, that's it. Some moments have to happen, though. Mm. And they talk about fate and they talk about you were supposed to meet those people in the woods. You were supposed to sort of be there for us to arrest us, to get us to this point. Um, ebbs and flows to life, fate, you know, my opinion on fate, <laughs> um, but uh, any thoughts again, coming back to what I was saying, that like, should they have made a little bit more of Wells's journey mean something to
1: Picard? Maybe. Yeah. But do you know what I realized actually, there was one line that I realized it was my species. Mm. It was like her giving him something. Yeah. It was a, it was a little gift and he, you know, he goes, ah, oh. he's almost like, he's like, oh, I was, you know, she I was, was. Right. or, yeah, <laughs> or, or not even that. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, you know, he knows as aliens because he's met the Vulcans, but this is like a little <laughs> gift to him almost, you know, he knows she, she's, she's trusted him. Yeah. You know, and I really like that. Um, but yeah, the fate stuff and all that, I, I, yeah, I like that. I think that works. Okay. Um, it was a sort of, it's a sort of thing you get in, in, in programs and and films and stuff, you know, that that sort of little speech, which I don't think people in real life do really, Mm -hmm. you know, who gives that sort of motivational (laughs) speech, you know, do you know what I mean? And so it's a bit, it's its a film thing. It's a, it's a storytelling thing again. Mm. But I quite liked it. So yeah. I can live with it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I can't. I'm sorry. I hate it. I'm not. <laughs> it just is that. Yeah, it is that thing where people try and ascribe some sort of fate and destiny to yeah. something that doesn't need to be there. Like, fair enough, if it is fated, you know, um, the Pike story from Strange New Worlds, jumping out of this and going to something else. Pike's story, he is fated to have that accident and eventually go through what we see in Menagerie to then go where he goes. Um, You know That is fate, but we know where it's going. We know what's going on and that has to happen. Fair enough. But when you then ascribe that same process to something that doesn't need to happen, he just happened to be the guy who met a Vulcan in a wood he happened to get involved and then loved aliens you know if he didn't meet the Vulcans there would have been someone else there would have been another Fox Mulder out there who would have noticed this pattern wouldn't there have been a good detective are you saying there's only one detective in the entire LA precinct who noticed all these weird and random things all happening at the same time I kind of feel it devalues him as a detective like he was good enough as he was he didn't need to have had some sort of destiny ascribed to him there we go that's my thought anyway Sun <laughs> <laughs> mansion uh Jurati is hacking into satellites yes um she, there is something about allison's pill performance is that she's so i don't know she plays it so monotone but it, it precisely the way it should be it's like mm-hmm. these satellites are so infuriating everything is fine and, and i don't know just that knowing what she can produce with Gerati and then she's producing something different with Jorg and the different way she interacts with him. Um just any thoughts on on that performance, that deadpan performance.
1: It's funny cuz I I differ I don't think it works very well. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I think Alison Pill does that sort of slightly sort of manic sort of, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but she plays her, she plays Jurati really well. Hmm. But for me, she doesn't quite convince as a a Borg queen. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think she quite, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Whether it's something about her face. (laughs) She doesn't (laughs) look sort of mean enough.
0: Do you feel like, so as an actress, she needs to be given more to work with. Like the deadpan doesn't work necessarily for her.
1: I don't think it quite does. I don't. I don't quite buy her sort of evil side. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really explain it more than I don't think she's quite suited to that sort of character. I don't think the actress is suited to be the ball queen. Yeah.
0: Because she's she's playing. A version of the ball queen who is in her head so yeah. she, I was wondering if as the actresses did sort of go through this, like how would you have delivered these lines and then she's mm-hmm. delivering it how she would or she was trying to make a a jog, uh, an amalgam of the two, this is somewhere between Girati and the ball queen and it's slightly um, yeah, deadpan I suppose, deadpan
1: I think at this point and a few, I could probably if I went through I could find others but At this point, she is the ball queen. She's in the body of Girati, but she is the ball queen. Gotcha. And I don't think when she is the ball queen, she quite pulls it off. For me. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. See, yeah, yeah, I. You see, I quite liked it because I
0: thought it it was enough of a differentiation between Girati and a ball queen. Hmm. But yeah. um, yeah I, I i quite liked it i don't know why i just i enjoyed her sort of flat delivery of you know these mm. satellites are infuriating that you can be the yeah. father yeah, yeah. of the future and all this kind of thing um but it, it did make me think at this point the jorg the Gerati borg the borg queen is manipulating sun he's already been yeah. manipulated by q to do a certain mission and that sort of failed in that regard yeah. now he's being manipulated again by Gerati. Who was doing the manipulating? Did Q engineer this situation so that Jorg would eventually find him and that he knew this was going to happen? Again, why would this level of complexity... If he knew there was going to be a Jorg who eventually goes to Sung, who eventually then will go the whole hog next uh, episode and in the final episode as well, Q didn't need to get involved with Sung from the get-go. There didn't need to be that extra Mm. level of manipulation. He could have done that earlier, and I just again, it doesn't seem like we know who the agent of chaos is in this episode. Was mm, it Q okay. or is it the ball queen? That is just a puppet for someone else coming along. It doesn't really need to be that SP. she's already proved to him that you are going to either be Nikola Tesla or Edison. Mm. Q didn't need to get involved earlier on in the season,
1: yeah interesting I yeah again I mean yeah because
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely trying to figure out what they were trying to do with season two yeah. what the writers were actually trying to accomplish and you know it's that problem um, if you heard with the Indiana Jones if Indiana yes. Jones isn't in the first movie yeah, doesn't nothing matter. Ch- doesn't yeah. matter yeah. if Q doesn't get involved with Sung earlier in the season nothing changes
1: mm. like well, it does because Picard doesn't begin his journey to to, to, to deal with his mother's death. True. Because True. he's not sent into a coma.
0: True. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I suppose Sung needed to drive the car into him to then send yeah. him into the coma so that he could start dealing with it and then Talon then gets involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But then again, but then like, why drop him? Uh yeah. why why continue with this whole Europa mission? It doesn't I don't know, it just doesn't seem like we need any more story in that regard. That that's done and dusted. We've already started the 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 attempt to try and get Picard to deal with his trauma, as it were. Um we don't need the Borg Queen to be taking over the 21st century. It just feels like another hurdle that yeah. didn't need to be there.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, last but not least uh we go back to uh 10 forward and um they're talking about sung uh they need to get renee they need to save renee so we're going back to this europa mission um the queen uh wants la serena however so there needs to be two fronts there needs to be the la serena and then we'll deal with renee and saving the europa mission as well and um, they say a fond farewell to guide and mm. as far as we know that's it we're not going to see her ever again um Back at the Sud Mansion and Spearhead Operations have provided a SWAT team. Now, it's a SWAT team of about five people that I could yeah. see in that room. And, you know, the Jorg sort of paces her hand and assimilates them in a kind of a, you know, if you bought your assimilation from Wish. It's a very basic, basic version of assimilation. Um, but I only saw five people in that room on the SWAT yep. drones. And that's a point I'm going to bring up next week uh, of how many drones does she actually have? And that's it. The episode ends at the end. So it's a nice straightforward episode here. No timey-wiminess at the end. So generally speaking, any consequences from this episode? Does it it really matter? What's the continuity here? What does it set up for us?
1: Well, I suppose you did mention going and meeting Q. So that's Mm -hmm. really the only continuity thing, I think, Mm -hmm. I can think of um yeah that's all i can think of for that
0: Anything else? i can't can't really think of anything i mean it's 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 personal for picard he helps wells through his personal journey um so now there is a an fbi agent who now definitely knows there are aliens on the planet maybe that's a continuity there um but again we won't really know any more about that until episodes time um yeah, she now has an army. The the ball queen now has an army. That's going to be consequence probably just for next week, and maybe not anything after that. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything that's big and major, something we really need to know. Yeah. Um, but Q is dying, so it has been confirmed by this episode. Um, so there is, I suppose, that as well. Uh, alterations expansions we don't really need to go into we've said this many weeks you know it's hard to alter and expand when you are talking episodes over a season as opposed to one episode at a time um uh, so we'll probably sort of jump over to uh, recommendations just this episode on its own is this a good sort of sit down episode let's learn about some characters let's you know see where the plot's going or does it need a lot more feed in do you need to have seen a lot of those other episodes for Star Trek fans.
1: Yeah, I think you still do, but I think I could quite happily watch this again, hmm. having seen the whole season. I think you need to have seen. I'm oh, sorry, up, certainly up to this point. Yeah, you need to have seen, but it's one of those episodes. I think um, if if it was on, I would watch it. Having seen the other stuff already from, from the, you know, so yeah, I think I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, good episode.
0: Do you feel that that also is the case with non Star Trek fans? Would it be a good sort of entryway into learning some more things for the characters? That, even if you just want to get to season two Picard,
1: you just can't without watching the rest of the season. And, and I think you can't really watch Picard without watching TNG. Yeah. What, in a way, what would be the point? I mean, I, I suppose. You can do that because you don't need to know the history of Picard necessarily. It's just a character, but you know you lose so much without that. I think. Yeah. So I think yeah, you, you, you just these these seasons you can't recommend to non Star Trek fans.
0: Yeah it's really tough because you might then think, well, does Corey Corey go on to become like this major character? Cause she's just Mm. walked off. Is she going to come back in TNG and they mention her and no, 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 that's fine. Uh, What about Guinan and her projecting powers? No, we're never going to see that again. Q meets her in the future. Do we see that? No, no. Uh, They do interact one time, but they already say that they met before. So again, we don't really see that. And there's lots of things that are established. It's that Tyler principle, the Tyler, um, how is it? Tyler paradox. It's like you watch this, this and you would actually assume a lot of different things about different characters yeah. is Wells yeah. important is he yeah. a big figure for the 21st century in Star Trek history it's not there it's not really there it's very hard to sort of say yeah classic moments from our characters here that you're they're going to make so much more sense when you go back to TNG it doesn't really feed in anywhere
1: no.
0: so that's it um, so uh, all the remains is set up for next week but also to sell some podcasts and uh, Dan where can they find you
1: they can find follow- Find me on Twitter, at AcademicTrek47. And I can find Academic Trek where they find the podcasts.
0: As always, excellent. And, uh, yeah, all that remains is for me to set up the next episode. So join us next time for Season 2, Episode 3.7, I think of this podcast and season two episode nine of Picard as we are going to be running around Chateau Picard avoiding some drones only five of yeah. them though according to this episode only five drones will might be any more than that um, <laughs> you can see where I got a bit pedantic about this episode um, so join us next time for that as always thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next time stream we certainly will if you'd like to contact the show there's now a twitter account search Temporal Trek Podcast at rider underscore coattail or contact me directly at hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore hitch underscore writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all, but if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon, and we'll catch you in the next time stream.